we've been talking about this one idea. We've been, we're in the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter 2. And uh, I told you some things about vision. Anybody remember anything about vision? What, what are you supposed to do while you're waiting for your vision to come? All right, vision leaks. So if vision leaks, then that means I have to what? I have to consistently present the vision on a, on, on, consistently present the vision or keep the vision in front of you at all times. You know, be it a sticky, be it a banner, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, keep the vision in front of you because vision leaks, right? What else? What else did I tell you, huh? Write the vision down, right? Make it plain. That's what Habakkuk said, right? He said, why, why should I make it plain? Because when you know the vision, the vision is what propels you forward. It gives you fuel to go forward because sometimes we know what we want. We know what God has told us to do, but we have it in our head, but we haven't written it down. And when you write the vision, he said, make it what? Plain. Right, because God will, listen, I want to tell you something. Have you ever been in a confusing state in your walk? <laughs> a state of confusion where you're like, I don't know which direction to go. I don't know which way I'm going. I don't know, you know, what I should be doing. But let me say this to you. If you write it down, as Habakkuk said, he says, write the vision. He says, make it what? Plain. Anybody else? Anybody else? Woo, make sure it's a what kind of vision? Because Satan can give you a vision too. Amen. You got to make sure that that vision that you have. A lot of people say, oh, well, God told me to do this when it's really them. You see, he said, make sure it's a God-given vision. And one of the ways I told you to do that is that you collaborate with who? Your pastor. Amen. Collaborate with your leader. Make sure the person that you collaborate with is spiritual. Amen. Because if they're not spiritual, then they will watch, they will exploit you. Come on, somebody. Do you know how many vision stealers we got out here? Amen. People that are stealing other people's visions. They call, they call it borrowing. <laughs> Amen. I call it uh, stealing. Amen. All right. When it's a God, and here's another thing. When it's a God-given vision, it's not going to look the way you want it to look. That's the reason why it's a God-given vision. So whatever that vision is, it's, it's not going to look, it's not going to be anything that you can accomplish. My, 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 my. Because if it was, then you, you didn't need, you wouldn't need God. All right? Anybody else? Go ahead, Melanie. Woo! So one of the things, one of the—that's <laughs> good, Melanie. Act the part so that you can, you can what? So God can put you in the part. And and that really is faith. Am I right? Hebrews chapter what? Eleven, right? Hebrews chapter without faith is what impossible to please God, right? And, and without faith, it's impossible to please God, right? And he who comes to faith, come to God must believe what? That he is. But he said, what is faith? Now, faith is the evidence of what? Things hoped for, but yet not seen. 
So in other words, until you start carrying yourself and living as if it's already come to pass, I, I already told you, we don't operate our church as a small church. Amen. The thing, we're prepared. So when God sends the multitudes, amen, of people who really want to know him, come on somebody, we're ready. We have a plan. We are preparing. We be, that's what we're doing in the back today. We're planning. So, okay, so when we get new members in, how, how is the process going to work? We're going to move them here, move them there. My, our vision, if you really look at it, is moving people, we're missing one here, to maturity, membership, mission, while motivating them to do what? To magnify, that's worship. See, so, so, that's the, so how are we going to do that? That's what I'm trying to show you is that if you have a vision, write it down and then start fleshing it out. Okay, how, I'm gonna get this, how are we going to get this thing to come to pass? All right? I think, um, yeah, make sure it's a God-given vision. Dari? Ooh, make sure you get godly advice about what? About the vision, right? Amen. I told you that um, I told you that make yeah, it's right. I told you that make sure it's a God-given vision. Make sure you uh, get godly advice about the vision. But I told you some things about vision, also, and I told you that vision infuses what unity. All right, is that right? Did I tell you that B- vision? What provides what purpose? What else? You can lose vision and lose purpose, right? Amen. What'd you say? That's right. And vision is found where? In the word of God. So here's the thing. We can go around looking for stuff, right? Like, oh, yeah, well, let me try to figure out. Let me me say this to you. I was was pondering a situation just yesterday. And I was like, man... God, you know, I need your help on this stuff, right? Some things that I'm trying to sort through. And it's amazing because I open the Bible as I do every day in my prayer closet. And it's amazing God gave me the answer through his word. Something that was written thousands of years ago. That's why you have to not, when when you find yourself in difficulties, don't waver from the word of God. Stay in the word. The word is what will get, the word is the compass that will guide you. Amen. And listen, and God will not lead you astray. Go ahead. Woo, your vision is tied to your passion. Your vision is tied to what? Your passion. What you're passionate about, God will, God will infuse that because he's going to use your experience He's going to use your shape, amen, your spiritual gift, your heart, your abilities and attitude, <laughs> amen, and he'll shape your vision. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, you got to be on your, that's why he says, I'll stand on my guard post. I will station myself on the rampart to see what he will say to me. And what he said, right? And when we're not on our post, we miss Revelation. 
See, when God tells you to be, if you, if you know you're supposed to be, see, we allow busyness. We allow stuff in our lives. We allow, we allow things to, that happens to us, watch this, to knock us off our post. And that's the day that God says, I'm showing up to, teach, to tell you something. Come on, somebody. Go ahead. The vision is what keeps you running, y'all. Now, how many times, <laughs> amen, how many have been wanting to quit? <laughs> Amen. How many of you want to throw in the towel? The vision will keep you on fire. Listen, if God said it to you, if God said it, that settles it. And what you and I have to learn to do is to be patient. Watch what he goes on to say. If you, if you go there to Habakkuk chapter 2, right? We, we did verse 2, right? He says, the one who reads it may run, right? Let's read verse 2. He said, then the Lord answered me. Remember what's going on in the background. What's going on in the background of this passage? Here's what's going on. The Chaldeans, they had taken over. Habakkuk was sitting back saying, God, how can you allow all this stuff to be happening and we are suffering? We're going through all these trials and you're not doing anything. Isn't that how you feel sometimes? God, you're not doing anything. God said, listen, man, hold on, hold on, Habakkuk. I'm doing something in your day that if I were to what? I'm doing something in your day that if I were to tell you, you wouldn't even believe, you wouldn't believe that God is going to raise you up to be a CEO or raise you up, to, come on somebody, raise you up to start something or raise you up in the industry that you're in. You, you and I can't even believe, start to even fathom. If God, you know why? Because if God was to reveal it to you today, you would run. You wouldn't run with the vision, you'll run from the vision. Remember I told you this? Listen, if somebody would have told me I would be teaching today, I'd be like, man, please, you, you got me messed up. I, I sit back there and listen to my past and be like, man, I, man, shoot, I, I know I can't do that, man. man I can halfway read. <laughs> and then he pronounced them words and stuff like that, the Greek word is. You know, that's real intimidating, you know what I mean? But, but if God would have told me then, watch this, watch this, here's the reason why. Because God is preparing you to reveal to you what he wants to do for you. Are you with me? That's why he says, I'm doing something in your day that you're not ready for yet, Habakkuk. Then Habakkuk said, you know what? All right, God. i tell you what I'm going to do. Now, now, here we started off in chapter 1 with a man who had zero faith. Zero vision. Zero purpose. You know what he had? He had a complaint. And that's primarily what we do when we don't see God doing for us what we want him to do. I wish I had somebody. And I want to say this to you. Don't just want God for what he's doing for you. Come on, somebody. Serve him even when things look terrible. Because when things go terrible in your life, when things go a little differently in your life, it proves who you really are. Ah, 
It shows you what kind of vision you possess. Because if all you see is my comfort, listen, Paul went through a whole bunch of stuff. Paul went through a whole bunch of stuff, shipwrecked. Come on, somebody. Beaten times without number. Stoned. Betrayed. Imprisoned. But can I ask you something? What kept him going? He had a vision. When he fell off his high horse, well, they said he didn't really, wasn't really riding a horse, but... You know, the commentators say that, but we'll just say that, you know, in our sanctified imagination, when, he, when that light shone in his eyes and he fell down to his face and he repented and called on the name of Jesus, let me tell you what happened to this man. A vision was birthed in him. But you know what he did right after that? He went away for three years to Tiberia. You know what he did there? He studied. You know what happened after that? He went out on a mission. And then he began, he was so on fire. Listen, can I ask you something? Is it only when things are good that you're on fire? Is it only when things are going in your, the, the way you, when you have a win? I watch people sometimes. They, they get a win, but, but, but they're, oh yeah, they're all fired up. But from the time they get an O, oh. <laughs> Amen. You know what they, they, they their attitude changes, their mindset changes, their worship changes. Come on, somebody, their dedication to God changes. Habakkuk says, you know what? I, I repent, God. I'm going to stand on my guard post. I'm going to get back on my post. Remember, we talked about that. You know, and as we move into this uh, fall season, as we were just talking with ourselves, we have to get back on our posts. We have to be excited about seeing other people come to Jesus. We have to be excited about the fact that we have children that God has placed in our care, that we can raise them up as a next generation, not of, not of candy Christians. Come on, somebody. But Christians who, listen, I, we have some kids here that know more about the word than some adults who've been in church 15 years. That's where we're going. We're going in that direction so that we can raise up a generation, a, a generation that loves God. Amen. The vision, he says, it's for the appointed time, but he says, listen, I want to keep watch. Look at verse 2. Then the Lord answered me and said, record the vision. We went over that. Inscribe it on tablets, right? trying to find this one word here. Describe it on tablets that the one who reads it may what? May run. Right? Now watch this. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. Right? That it will happen, but remember what I said about this? I talked about seasons. You have to understand why did God give us seasons? We're moving into the fall. What's happening? Summer's over. The, the leaves are going to start. Come on, somebody. It's going to get a little cooler. All right? Everybody's going to settle in on sitcoms. Even NBC knows that. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Even the te television companies know that. The radio, the, the music changes. Everything is changing, right? Come on, somebody. The world is celebrating Halloween. 
Amen. It's yet for the appointed time. It, it will come to pass because in, in, and when you understand seasons, you, can underst- you will understand, watch this, that it's not, it may, it's not like it's not going to happen for you. But it will happen in due time. He says, look what he says. He says, for the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastened towards the what? The goal. Right? And it will not what? If it's a God-given vision that God has given you, it will never fail. May I say this to you? Failure is not an option if it's of God. Failure is not an option if it's of God. Look what he says. He says it's hastens towards him not fail. He says, though it tarries. Now that word tarry means to delay. And, and, and maybe right now you are in a delay. <laughs> Amen. May, maybe right now, listen, if I were to ask all of you, and remember I asked you this, what is your vision, right? And some of you have given me your vision, but here's the thing. It looks like there's a delay. <laughs> Come on, somebody. But remember what I said? Delay does not mean denial. De- delay, delay should not put you in depression. A delay just means it's a delay and you have to wait just a little bit longer for God. But what you do while you're waiting for the vision to come to pass in your life is very, very, very important. Habakkuk had lost his faith. He had lost, he had lost his trust. He had even lost, you know, he had lost his, his zeal. In chapter 1 and chapter 2, He's a man who's heard from God. Come on, somebody. And may I say this to you? When you hear from God, listen to this, it should get you to running again. We all have those days. How many have had those days? Like Habakkuk, lack of faith. We're kind of just just existing. But Habakkuk in chapter 2, he's a different man. But watch this. He says, though it tarries, wait for it. For certainly come, it will not what? Delay. Amen. It will not be late. In other words, that word means to stand you up. (laughs) Listen, whatever God has promised you will come to pass. And there are times when, saints, we we are literally trying to figure things out. But see, that's the problem with us. Let's stop figuring it, trying to figure it out, and let's start praying about it. God, give me the patience to wait on you. He says, if God, you see, this is what I call the guarantee of the vision. The guarantee of the vision. Write that down somewhere. Because the, the way the grammatical structure of this passage is constructed, he says the words like certainly. Amen. All right? <clears throat> the, the word, the word, it says it will certainly come. It will not what? Delay. Now watch, now watch the transition now in verse 4. This is the part that really gets me right here. This is, this is where it changes. Behold. Now, now notice he's shifting, right? Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. Behold, as for the what? 
Huh. Let, let me tell you something about God. One thing that reminds him of Satan is pride. You see, now I understand why I read this scripture today. Peter, before he was, you know, converted, he was saved, he just wasn't converted. Peter thought in his heart, Jesus, I'll never, I'll never leave you. Matter of fact, if I have to die, I'll die with you. <laughs> and from the moment they captured Jesus, <laughs> and they were slapping him and spitting on him, this is Matthew 24, 26, spitting on him, right? Peter's looking on like, man, shoot, huh? <laughs> Shoot. I, I got a question for you. You know, I know what you said you're going to do for God. But when the going gets rough, are you going to be like Peter? Are you going to deny him? You've been talking a good talk. See, talk is good. But when you're being tested, Amen. You get to see who you, what you're really made up of. I don't want to be the guy. When I land on that scripture, I said, oh, no, not me. I ain't sure. I, I said, but Lord, let me pray. Lord, if I want to deny you, you need to tell me now. Because I, I do not want to deny. I know I say never. I, listen, never say never. And that's the truth, right? And I know in my heart. But Peter knew in his heart. Come on, somebody. Peter said, I'll never deny you, Lord. I, Lord, if I have to die for you, I'll do it. I'll do it. Right? Then Jesus, you know, Jesus had rebuked him. You know, he's like, man, let's get behind me, Satan. See, I believe that we need to go through a moment like Peter. Oh, man. Where our, you know what I call that? Your second half. Where, you know, you know some, how many have wavered in your faith? You, 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 you started to doubt. You started to say, God, I, man, we're doing all this church stuff. We're doing all this, all this church business. We're doing all of this stuff. And it just seemed like every time I'm doing this church stuff, I keep getting what? I keep getting what? I keep getting the bad results. I keep going through. I keep having trials. Listen, don't you deny him. He says, behold, as for the proud one, his soul, see, that's what the problem is. His soul is not right. Ask yourself a question. Empty words. Pastor, you know how we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna conquer the world together. We're going to... You know what I mean? And then from the time life gets tough, all God and everything else get thrown out to the side. Can I ask you something? What happened to your vision? What happened to you? See, he says, as for the proud one, what's your motive? He says his soul is not what? Right within him, Right? I wonder why he brought that up. You know, can you imagine being Peter, walking with Jesus? And some of you, you've had experiences. 
God has manifested himself to you. you have, can, can you remember? How many remember when you had that encounter with God? I mean, you, were, you, were, you had that, that. It hasn't left you. You've allowed Satan to convince you it's gone. But the Holy Spirit is still in you. But may I tell you something? Pride, write this down, will kill, kill a vision. Pride, will, that's the reason why God was keeping the vision from you. Because he knew that if I revealed it to you then, you would become what? Puffed up with pride. So that way, guess what? You will parlay through the process. You know what parlay is, right? Just coast through the process. Rather than work hard, come on somebody, rather than commit yourself, rather than ask God, clean me up, take out all of these character flaws that I have. God, I'm, I'm going through some things. Lord, I, I lie. I, you know, I don't tell the truth. I'm not committed. You know what I mean? God, during that period of time, you don't want to wait till the vision comes, the vision is birthed to have to deal with character issues. Come on somebody. God is, the reason why you are impatient, because God wants to make you patient. He wants to show you, he wants to reveal to you the things that needs to be corrected in your life. He doesn't, he can't, let me, let me say it. I want to be careful how I say this. I want to say this with a disclaimer. He can't use a proud person, but the devil can. That's my disclaimer. <laughs> See, pride is what causes a fall. See, pride will distort your vision. But he says, listen, he says, when, when, you, when you and I, when we possess pride, it's a soul issue. He said, you ain't right, man. You ain't right. <laughs> That's what he said. Behold, it's for the proud one. His soul is not right within him. Now watch this. He got that revelation after he heard from God. I wish I had you. He didn't get that revelation before because it was, it was pride that caused him to say in verse 1, how long, verse 2, how long, O Lord? I mean, why would I even approach God like that? Watch what he says. How long, O oh Lord, will I call for help and you will not hear? Listen, God is omnipresent, buddy. <laughs> Prophet. <laughs> he, see, what happens when we're panicking? We forget all about what we know about God. We forget all about how awesome and how great he is, right? And, and we start believing, we start listening to that voice, so let's address God. Oh, how long will you, will you, will I call for help, God, and you leave me hanging out here in the cold? I've been asking you, Lord, what's up? You know, that's Ebonics. That's, <laughs> that's kind of how that, that, that grammatical structure is constructed there. He's like, how long? But then he realized after he got the revelation from God, he says, behold us for the proud one. I'm staying there for a minute. You know what the word, you know what that word proud means in the Hebrew? <laughs> it means to swell. 
to swell up. Amen. That's deep. We get, we, listen, be careful that, you know, just like, you know, you put a little yeast and a little bit of flour. I did that once. And I covered it up, right? You know, I was making some, some bread, right? And I put, I put, I said, man, this stuff ain't working. So I'm like, shh. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'm going to run to the store and come back. Man, I put a paper towel over it. <laughs> when I came back, it was <laughs> I said, man, what the world? Just a little bit of, you see, and just listen, just a little bit of pride. Just, just a little bit of doubt. Just a little bit of dissension. Just a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of worldliness, a little bit of, yeah, all these different things will cause you to start swelling up. With what? With pride, right? But watch what he says. He says his soul is not right within him, but the what? But the who? But the who? The righteous. Now, here's the thing. How many know if you're righteous? How many righteous people we got in here? Everybody should put your hands up. You're saved. All right? Now, I just, I just, I just read this, that even though you may not feel righteous, <laughs> all right, you're righteous. You, you, you've been blood-bought. You've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. You're declared righteous. It's just the sanctification piece that needs to be, you know, worked on, right? But, but, but here's the thing. I, I saw this thing on, on, in, on CNN this morning, reading this article on Mother Teresa. Yeah, Mother Teresa. How, how, what, it, what, it, what it takes to be a saint. What they don't realize, they, they're, they're basing it, their facts on works. But all we have to do is believe by faith and we are declared what? You know what I found out? We have the greatest news ever. We possess some of the greatest things that man can even imagine. And, and exactly. And, and we can become greater than what we are but we're looking at a world system and we're trying to compare ourselves when we're in a class all by ourselves and God is saying, if you only know at, at salvation, 133 things happen to you. You were declared righteous. You were filled, sealed, and baptized in the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. Amen. You have grace. You have mercy. Your, 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 your sins have been paid for. Propitiation. You've been declared by God clean. And now you have access to God by way of the Holy Spirit through prayer. And there are times when we're acting as if we possess none of these things. Here's the thing. You want to know whether or not you're a righteous person or not? Look at the passage. But the righteous will live by what? By his faith. If your vision is going to come to pass, 
You have to do it by faith. Because without faith, think about that passage for a minute. Hebrews, Hebrews 11. Let me, let me show you something. And you know, there are all kinds of faith. You know, there are demonic faith. James says demons even believe. So you can have demonic faith where you believe and you fear, but you don't live. Hallelujah. Hebrews, is that right? Hebrews chapter 11. Look what he says here. You know, I, I, I thought about it. I said, man, why did, why did, why did, Habakkuk, why did Habakkuk move in there and start talking about, you know, this is called the hall of faith. That's what this is called. And because what, what it shows us in this passage of Hebrews 11, it shows us all of the other people who in the past have been where you were. <laughs> and this is their testimony they made it into the hall of faith. So if you need a little encouragement right now in your journey, go back to the hall of faith and see if you can learn something about where they were and how they overcome by their faith. They had vision, but they had faith. Look what it says. Now faith is the assurance of what? Things hoped for and what? The conviction of things, what? Not seen. For by it, by what? Men of who? Gained what? Approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the what? By the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of things which are what? Visible. Now, a lot of people use this you know, the now faith kind of thing, you know, at the beginning of that passage. But it just, it's, just, it's just like a therefore. That's what that means. You know, they try to play on words. Now faith? No, it's therefore faith because of the context of what be, what's being said before, right? But look what he says. He says, he says by faith, uh, he says, verse 4, by faith Abel offered what? To God a better sacrifice than Cain Though, through which he obtained a testimony that he was a what? See, it's your faith that makes you righteous. Your faith. And it takes faith to realize that, listen, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's just in due time. I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting on vision, right? I'm waiting for the vision to come to pass. And look what he goes on to say next. He says, he says he obtained what? He, he was righteous, God testifying about his what? Gifts. Now, let me say this. This whole passage of Cain and Abel, it has everything to do with offering. How you bring your gifts to God. And some of us aren't bringing anything to him, so I can imagine what your testimony is before him. Amen. Your testimony, God looks at you when you give. He does. He looks at the heart. Cain and Abel, God didn't ask them for nothing. It was taught to them that you bring God your best. 
Amen. But watch this. Cain having the, uh, Abel having the faith to bring God his best because he understood that it wasn't mine anyways. Hello, somebody. And when you realize who it belongs to, come on, somebody, then you realize what? Watch this. You realize that it belongs to him, but if he asked me for what he asked me for, I ought to do it anyways. But I do it by faith. Saints, I want to tell you something. It's your faith that will bring that vision to pass. But your faith has to be tested. Watch this. Watch what he goes on to say. He goes on to say here, he says, and, 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 though he's, and through faith, though he's what? Dead, he still what? Speaks. Verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death. And he was, not, he was not found because God took him up. For he obtained the witness that before he, his being taken up, he was what? Pleasing to God. And without faith, there it is, it is, now let's, 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 let's play on this word impossible for a minute. All through the Bible, you see, especially in Matthew and in, in, in the Gospels, right, you'll hear it say, and nothing is impossible for God, right? And nothing is what? Impossible for God. Now, here's the thing. If nothing is impossible for God, if he says, abide in me, and my, this is in the book of John, John always used the vine, and, you know, he was always around the wine press, you know, he was getting him a few. <laughs> he says, abide in me, and my words abide in you. Ask for whatever... And it shall be what? Given to you for nothing is what? Impossible for God. So if nothing is impossible for God, now these are not just words. These are the, this is divine revelation tonight. If he says nothing is impossible for God, and then he goes here and he says, and without faith, it's what? It's impossible to please him. Then why am I expecting anything? How can I expect something from a God who can do the impossible, but I don't have faith in that same God? And that's why our vision fails. Because we have no faith. We have none, absolutely zero. We believe when it's good, but we don't believe when it's rough. How can I please God? How many want to please God? How many want God to be pleased with you? Let me rephrase it. Amen. If I want God to be pleased with me, what must I do? Why do we struggle so much with faith? Let's talk a little bit. There you go. There you go. That's right. That's right. Okay. Anybody else? We, we act with our flesh. We think we're in the, we're in the flesh, so we're, we're thinking in the natural, right? Okay. Anybody else? All right, yeah, that's right. We can't see past. It's kind of hard because, because let me say this. 
Let me, let me share this with you. And, and listen, Satan is so cunning, man. When you add up the facts, okay, I know my rent is $400, right? That's cheap rent. And I got $425. Facts. Lights is $60. Rent is what? $400. I got $425. And I'm scratching my head saying, how am I going to do this? On top of paying my... And, you know, the math just ain't adding up. It's, it's not adding up. Why is it not adding up? Because it's not there. I don't see it. See, see, faith sees this. Yeah, I know what it looked like. But I'm going to believe God anyhow. So I'm going to take my $42 out. Amen. And I'm going to deposit it by faith. Look, watch this now. I know what it looks like. And I deposit it. And then all of a sudden, I get a phone call. I go to work. They say, you know what? You got a raise today. You, you go to work. Listen, listen, listen. Stuff can happen. And I've seen it happen. I've seen people with no faith get blessed. God was just trying to show them I could do it with or without you. I'm going to bless you because you're under grace. Let me explain that to you real quick. The people that are not living by faith, you are under grace. You know what that grace means? God still loves you. So you're going to live on just enough. I'll say it one more time. Just enough is not good enough. When you serve a God who owns a cattle in a thousand hills. When you serve a God who can turn things around. Listen, God will bless you if you have faith. See, it's your faith that, watch this, that puts you in the right position with him. Watch what he says. He says, and without faith, it's impossible to please him, right? I want to please him. The only way, the only way, you showing up to church to serve doesn't please him. Amen. You singing in the choir doesn't please him. Those are just the perks. You get, you are, you get the opportunity to serve him. That's a benefit for you. I wish I had somebody. I'm going to say it one more time. You, you get to teach. He's, he's allowing you to teach. Amen. You get to serve, he's allowing you to serve. That's the benefit we get from him because we get joy out of serving him. Amen. But he says without, but if you're, listen, if you're serving with no faith, then you're going to quit. If you're singing with no faith, you're going to quit. I saw somebody put on Facebook today, um, my attendance in church does not prove that I'm more committed to God or something in that, in that thing. Well, let me just break some news to you. The reason you come to church is so that you can fellowship. 
that you can be washed with the word. And that's what the problem is with people today. They want to be washed, amen, by the world and not by the word. And they don't have the faith, come on somebody, to show up in the house of God and give something back to God. People who don't want to attend church are selfish because they don't want to serve God. They don't want to give back because God has given them a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, a fifth chance. I come so that I can infuse my faith with other believers so that we can encourage ourselves. He says, and, and, and just to put a scripture on that, he says in the book of Hebrews, not forsaking the assembly as is the habit of some. So you know what that is? That's a bad habit. That, uh, that, that people are trying to watch it to justify. You can't justify a bad habit. If the Bible says do not forsake the assembling, amen, how can you justify that? You know, what, you know what the problem is? No faith. And when you have no faith, you don't see it necessary to come into the presence of God and watch this and get a word from God. Somebody here, you came tonight for a word. Am I right? You came to hear something from God. Not from me, from God. And God has what? Spoken to you. Amen. And I will not miss out on this. He says, without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe what? That he is. Watch this. And that he is a what? A rewarder. Of those who what? May I, say, may I say this to you? Your, your service is not in vain. But when you come, come seeking. And God will reward you. God will reward you because guess what? He knows what you're after. Some of you are after a better life. Come on, somebody. Some of you are after something better than where you are. You're tired of being mediocre. You're tired of being in the same place. You're tired of all this stuff, but you got to seek. Listen, don't seek the pastor. Seek God, and you'll see God in your pastor. Come on, somebody. You know, um, back to Habakkuk, and I'm closing. Verse 5, and I, I want to get to, I'm going to get to chapter 3 next week. Amen, if I do, huh? I'm trying to, try, I'm trying, knows I said try. Because I want you to see, you know, he goes through a whole bunch of stuff in chap, chapter, chapter 2, he uses a lot of metaphors. He uses a lot of picture, word pictures to, to prove his point as to what he was seeing. Because now he's talking, right? Verse 5, he says, furthermore, wine what? I wonder, I, I just, I'm just curious. You know, when I read scripture, I get curious. I'm like, why would he, I mean, dang, he go from talking about the proud, right? He goes to the just shall live by faith, the righteous shall live by faith. Yeah, that's how we live. If you want to see your vision come to pass, you have to have some faith. But now he started talking about, the drinkers, the ones who are addicted to wine. You want to know why? 
Not only is pride a hindrance to your vision, hmm, but these substances are a hindrance to your vision. Paraphernalias. (laughs) Amen. Whatever your thing is. You know why? Because wine can become your God. Weed can become your God. Amen. Cigarettes can become your God. Overeating may become your God. He says whatever it is that's hindering your vision, listen, you got to get rid of it. But watch what he says, though, though. Watch what he says. He says, furthermore, wine what? See, yeah, there it is. Betrays who? Yeah, you know what what the hardy man is? The proud man. Proud man says, I don't need God. I got my liquor. Shoot, they say don't drink to get drunk. So, you know, they justify it. If God has delivered you, may I say something to you? You better be careful. Because the Bible says when the house is clean, amen, that demon comes back seven times worse than the first. And he says the second state of that man is worse than the first. You got to be careful. Wine can be very deceitful. I was like, why did he put wine? What is he talking about? Because when we don't, when our vision ain't coming to pass, guess what we do? We turn to substances. Look what he says. So that, so that he, watch this. It, watch what he says now. He says, he, it betrays the hearty man so that he, what? He does not stay where? Amen. He, he's not on his post anymore. Could it be that you've allowed things, amen, to pull you off your post? You ain't at home no more. You're not, you're not in church. <laughs> amen. Amen. You ain't at home no more. Look what it says. He enlarges his appetite like what? Sheol. And he is like death. Watch this. Death is never set. Whenever you find, listen, the righteous person who lives by faith is satisfied. The one who's searching. See, this is the person that loses vision and they start looking for something else. They start searching for other things other than the word of God. They start, they, start, they start going places trying to find this and trying to find that. Listen, their appetite is enlarged. He says like hell. Hell is wide open and waiting and hell has brought a few people there today. So the vision, listen, you don't know you flirt with the devil, you're going to get got. The Bible says he's like what? Death, never satisfied. Watch what he says. He also gathers to himself all the nations and collects to himself all peoples. Will not all these take up a taunting, a taunt song against him? Every mockery and insuation against him and say woe to him who increases what he is Watch this. What is not for what? For how long? You know what he's saying? This man, 
become so enraged and so driven by worldly desires and nothing that he had belonged to him anyways. He's driven by the wrong vision. He's, dri he's driven by the wrong ideas. He's driven by, with an appetite. Can I ask something? What's your appetite? What's driving you? Are you satisfied? I'm satisfied. I, I may not have everything that I really desire right now. It's coming. In due season, it's going to happen. And listen, sometimes I'm embarrassed in the presence of God because I go into my pity party. But I thank God that I, listen, whenever you start pursuing other things other than the vision, whenever you start going outside the boundaries to try to make it, whenever you try to step on people, whenever you try to say, oh, well, you know, God said this, you know, it's not working, you know, on my schedule. Listen, this man right here, look what he says. Oh, man, you got to see this. He says, watch what he says. He says, he increases in what is not what? His for how long? Is that right? And look what it says next. And he makes himself what? Rich with what? Loans. You think having a thousand credit cards and a line of credit, and listen, you still got to pay them back. Not with interest and not standing on a sure thing. And the word is deep. Habakkuk's giving us something here. Listen, be careful that you don't lose focus. Be careful that you don't lose faith. Because God says, this man right here makes himself rich with loans. Verse 7, will not your creditors rise up suddenly and those who collect from you, what, awaken? This is what happens when you start borrowing vision. This is what starts happening when you start panicking, when things aren't going the way they support, the way you want them to go, and you step out of bounds. Don't pursue things that are empty and stop borrowing vision. Cultivate the one God has given you. It's yours. The one thing you can say, it's original. But I don't see it right now. You're not supposed to see it right now. You know what? Part of what's going on in your life right now is part of the plan to get to the vision. But if you start drinking, and if you start being negative, and if you start complaining, and if you start shortchanging God and stop having faith and doubting, do you think you'll ever see it come to pass? No. Part of what we're going through right now it's part of the process to get you there. So you don't give up. You don't throw in the towel. Listen. Bless you. You know, you know what I see here when he says about this right here? The creditors and stuff. What happens to us is that we think that we have to get in debt to get ahead. It's far from the truth. If you live by faith, 
God will give you exactly what you need at the right time. And he will bless it. Listen, when God blesses it, you don't have to look back. And you ain't got to pay it back. <laughs> I don't think you're hearing me. When God gives it to you, you don't have to pay it back. And you don't have to look back. It's yours. Amen? Give God a hand clap praise.